to Films of the Women in My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Nicole. Hi there. And Mama Kay. Hello. Hello. Hi there. And tonight we are reviewing Molly's Game. Came out in 2017, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, who I think I, I, I've had to have gushed about Aaron Sorkin at one point or on the show. It, it came out that long ago? Three years ago, yeah. A little, wow. little, little under three years ago. Uh, yeah, and so, you probably gushed at some one point or another about Aaron Sorkin. Probably. Uh, so probably. I'll, I'll do. I'll do that in, a, in like five minutes. But uh, this is his directorial <laughs> debut. He's written on many shows, crook, on shows and television, or shows and movies. Why am I saying shows and television? And uh, created The West Wing. Uh, so that was probably what he's most known for. And this is based off a true story, uh, the memoir uh, called Molly's Game, the name of the book, uh, about Molly Bloom, who I'll read it to you right here. Uh, was an Olympic-class skier who ran the world's most exclusive high-stakes poker game and became an FBI target. So, that's what Molly's Game is. It's a two-and-a-half-hour-long biopic dr- crime drama. Uh, I have seen this, I think, a couple of times. I think I saw I know I saw it in theaters at least once, maybe twice. Uh, and once it was with Nicole. So, Nicole, I know you've seen this before. Uh, and then, uh, okay, have you seen this one? I've seen it all the way through once, and then I've seen bits and pieces of it. So this was, yeah, my second time all the way through. Okay, second all the way through. All right. Yeah. So we've all we've all seen this one before. It's on Netflix right now. If you haven't seen it, you can go check it out there. If you have any interest, we're going to spoil it now. We rate things here at Films with the Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall residence and feel of the movie. Uh, Molly Bloom is our main character. We start with her. She is a world-class mogul skier uh, with Olympic aspirations, uh, and it's the result of enforced training by her very overbearing father throughout her life. Uh, And we start with the 2002 Winter Olympics she's trying to qualify for at a qualifying event. Uh, she, She has some things advantageous at the beginning. Some of the skiers who are in front of her have scored less than perfect marks, so all she has to do is nail her third run, and she will possibly make the team. Uh, so she is injured because of a very fluke accident, a small tree branch thing. They, they put out little pine nodules on the, on the, um, on the, uh, nodules. what do you call them? Little, little branches. Little bows. Trees. Little bows. 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 Yeah. No. Like bow bun. Yeah. Uh, they put, uh, little, <laughs> they put little pine bows on the, uh, on the course when there's bad visibility, so the skiers have a point of reference when they're going down. One of those, it's just freak accident, knocks one of her very tightly, uh, what's it called, like uh, calibrated skis. Bound. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it flies off. She has a horrible accident, obviously does not qualify. And then we, the rest of the film, we are cutting between a couple different time periods. There's the modern day where we learn that she has had uh, been running these poker games and has had all of her wealth repossessed. She's on criminal trial. They're basically trying to get a bunch of names out of her. The FBI is because she has ties to criminal organizations and a bunch of high up people in all sort, basically all the rich, famous people you could possibly think of. Uh, so they want her to name names. She goes to a lawyer, uh, played by uh, Idris Ilba, and uh, he takes her on after some reluctance, and the movie is switches between her rise to running these these uh, 
po- high stakes poker games with all these different billionaires and celebrities, and uh, eventually her her downfall as the movie goes, and uh, yeah, cuts between that and the present day. So that's the broadest. Uh, I will start with you, Mama K. What do you think of the plot of this movie? I really enjoyed the plot of this movie. Um, it's and and the way that it's delivered to us in in sort of a couple of flashbacks here and there, and you're going through a couple different time frames, but sometimes that can be really tricky to keep track of, but I didn't find it like that at all in this movie. Um, the story itself is really interesting because I think on a lot of different levels, you can see how, or you can see it from a lot of different um, viewpoints as just sort of a, um, you know, a drama. It's, it's, it's a good ride. Um, but also there's the there's a viewpoint of is a would a woman ever be able to actually, you know, do something like this um, without, you know, she, she gets screwed over by dudes left and right. Uh, basically, yes. everyone in the movie, with the exception of Idris Elba, which is the only one worth screwing. But yeah, um, <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's a great I think it's a great fun story um, at two hours and 20 minutes ish. It never seemed long to me. And I was I was in with the story. I remember the first time I saw it that I wasn't I didn't know the story behind it. So I didn't know what what was going to happen at the end. And the end seems a little weird and, and stilted and anticlimactic. And I think it sort of had to end exactly like that. Um so, um, story, I like the story. I, I give it a three and a half. What do you think, Nicole? Um, I, I do have to agree that it doesn't feel like two and a half hours long, which is nice, um, because it's definitely a story worth in- investing my time into. Um, I think that they tell it very well. Uh, this is not, a, before this came out, I've never heard of this story. Um, I mean, I wasn't, uh, really old enough probably to hear it if it ever came out in the news. But when watching this, I feel so in, invested in her, knowing what happens with her because I'm rooting for her the whole time. Um, yeah. Just to see her her background and the harshness of her family life and just trying to make a buck somewhere and finally having that success on her own um to see it just kind of get pulled away in little pieces throughout her life is just so heartbreaking to watch um because you know she's just a badass woman she's so strong and you know i don't know how true to the story some of these things are but i don't care um because i can get the gist you know um i feel the same way Watching the watching this the first time, I don't know how you guys felt, but thought it was fun before it all came out of who was who in terms of our cast. Um, trying to guess who it was, I thought was really interesting. And then coming on as we talk about the characters, finding out who these people are supposed to be representing is just mind blowing to me. So <laughs> that's something that kind of drives the plot for me. Also, is just being on the edge of my seat the whole time, wondering who these people are. Um, what in you know, particular? Why, I'm sure you're thinking of everyone. Everyone uh, thinks yeah. of yeah, <laughs> and why why they are doing this to this woman who's you know playing it playing it cool and she's doing it by the books and you know when it gets too harsh for her to have to turn around and start doing it illegally, getting herself caught up in all this legal business that unfortunately I don't think she should have been a part of, but you know that's the kind of business she was in. So um, I, I love the story. I love how it's presented. And I'm going to give it a four. 
So I guess it's the beginning of the gush. Um, so these oh, movies boy. like movies like this should not be interesting at all. They should be super boring and dry and forgettable. Uh, and I point to the last three movies that Sorkin wrote before this were Social Network, Moneyball, and Steve Jobs. All I would say similarly, just a bunch of people talking in rooms for two and a half hours. That should be horribly boring. And just like those movies, this is never boring. Moneyball was boring. Moneyball's not boring. Well, well, that's another discussion. Uh, he he writes and directs, in, and this is his first directing, it, it's just so tense and high-paced and fast and going and going, and it's not like I, I don't feel lost ever. Um, I think this is the fourth time I've seen it all the way through, and I like it more every time. Like, every single time I like it more. I get, like, jittery watching it, and like, like just so, so yeah. like, it's one of those ones that, like, it breaks my mind how good it is for it's just about it's just like a really kind of plain story i can see this being a tv movie and being the worst most boring slog ever and it's never like that at all it it pops and sizzles i i get to 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 some tear moments later on which i think i think mama k is gonna roll her eyes at pretty hard when we get there but uh i really like the what i said oh boy i'm trying to anticipate what that might be i have it happened to me too the first time the tear tears are rolling your eyes at my tears. Tears. <laughs> okay, I, I didn't. I didn't know. It's hard to tell sometimes. Um, no, I I give this plot a four or five. Um, I'm never, despite jumping time periods constantly, I'm never confused where we are. I'm. It's very grounded, uh, and I I just love the ride. I love it. It's re, It's a really good plot. Um, and now let's do some of these characters because. Other than our lead, Molly Bloom, played by Jessica Chastain, the next, uh, the two-hander, I guess, is Charlie Jeffrey, her lawyer, played by Idris Elba. Uh, the father, who is seen primarily in flashbacks, although not entirely, is Kevin Costner's Larry Bloom. Uh, and then some of our other players that we are introduced to throughout the poker world are chiefly Player X, played by Michael Sarah, called Player X because he is uh, based on... A couple of people, but mostly one celebrity we'll talk about there. Uh, Dean Keith, played by Jeremy Strong. He's the real estate developer who brings her in originally. And then some other people that kind of are thrown throughout the story, like Douglas Downey. Uh, you got, uh, what's his name? Bad Brad. Uh, Harlan Eustace. <laughs> uh, you know, Harrison Wellstone. You got a couple of these other recurring uh, poker players throughout the story. So, uh, back to you, Nicole. What do you think of these characters? I have to say that I think that Jessica Chastain just took the cake in this movie. I think that she is so good and she tells the story with so much ominous feeling to it that like I'm so in- invested in knowing what she- she's going to like what's going to happen next. I think she's a great storyteller in this. Just her tones and you know how quickly and and abruptly she talks about these things and just showing how much of Molly has accumulated knowledge throughout this whole time that she's been working in these uh poker in this poker background so i think that she just plays it so well really gives us an idea of how Molly was um you know dealing with all these really really famous and wealthy people keeping her cool um throughout the whole thing you know getting beat up by mobsters and losing all this money and dealing with millions and it's like jesus this this woman went through so much stuff and jessica chastain was a right choice i think for her for her um yeah like i said in the in the 
previous topic, uh, I, I liked trying to guess who was who, and I obviously had no idea um, who any of these people were. But as I was watching it again, I was reading who all these people were supposed to be, and it's just, like, <laughs> so crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> when you read through um, who these people are. And I'll, I'll let everyone else talk before we spoil if nobody knows who they're supposed to be. But um, <laughs> every player... I feel like the actor who was chosen to do them probably played them so accurately that it's like, these people are all slobs and it's all disgusting. They probably and knew their actual people or knew people who knew them. Like, it, I think that's pretty right. likely. Yeah. You can tell that, you know, most of these people are probably womanizers and, you know, don't give two shits about anything except the money and the fame. And, and I think that every actor was picked right my favorite my favorite actor in there is uh what's his name Darcy something or other the one that plays uh bad Brad uh Brian Darcy James mm. yeah, yeah, I love him. <laughs> I like him in anything that I watch him in. Um, we also, I also like his name, uh, Chris O'Dowd. The Chris guy who O'Dowd, plays yeah. Douglas Downey. Yeah, oh, yeah so I like funny. him too. Yeah. <laughs> what else I think has that the Darcy have... guy been in? I don't know. I don't. He's not familiar. I, with me. I actually know him from. He's that plays the dad in Thirteen Reasons Why. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, um, but he does a lot of TV stuff. But okay. um, I I always like him. I think that he's a really good actor, and I like that other guy too, Chris O'Dowd. Right. Yeah, that's the guy. That's the yeah, guy who yeah. plays the drunk guy towards the end. Yeah. Who's, uh, his his opening lines are always of what is it the, uh, the a, a bad crime novel or something? Oh, yeah. getting a <laughs> bad shot on yeah. the river. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the one other character I just want to touch on quickly is the father. Um, I think mm-hmm. that he is obviously just the fuel to the fire of this whole entire scenario. You know, he gives me the most emotion. I, I really hate him <laughs> in the beginning, yeah. and I'm just like, Jesus, he ruined this girl's life, and it's just so sad to see her successful brothers and then her just being pushed to her limit, but um, anyway, I'm going to give the characters a four. What do you think, Mama Kay? I think the characters in this movie are, they're, they're all a bunch of gamblers um, from, from like, soup to nuts maybe with the exception of of kevin costner's character um the dad he's he's just sort of like the impetus for how she approaches the how um molly approaches the world and how how she um you know she's clearly a super smart girl and a smart character and she could have gone to law school she could have played it very safe and been really successful probably had a, a really great business um but from a young age that's that's what she needed to do she had to be a go-getter she had to be a scrappy thrill seeker in order to live in the family that she was living in which i find ironic that her father's a psychiatrist and this is the kind of uh you know i don't know if if there's more to talk about there but it just seems very um contradictory to what maybe a psychiatry would lead you to believe how to raise your children um i feel like that actually happens uh, not like like somewhat often a lot of like a lot of stories here like the when they're in their home life their families like really suffers because of the the type of people they sometimes are like this guy you know very self-absorbed i'm the head i'm the king of this castle kind of thing and you must you know you must be excellent at everything and like that's you know it's I, I, I don't know. So, I feel like, like psychiatrists are really kind of just full of themselves, and they're 
always right all of that stuff yeah i mean if they're uh, always i mean that's if probably... they're used to being right all day long with their patients i mean because they're doing with, you know <laughs> i mean are they really how how many times do you have to say well how does that make you feel i mean they, they make you go to therapy for so long before they actually you know just give me the answer i don't want to sit here and work through it just tell me what to do that's and do we think it's know. right that he's treating his children like patients no, he's, yeah, he treats them like um, like test subjects. Like, how, how far can you push these kids? And, you know. I like um, every year on their birthday, he records them, like, answering these these big philosophical, like, but simple questions. Yeah. yeah I mean, weird. yeah, it's, yeah, he's a weird, he's a weird dude. And also, I don't know why this happens, but I think every time I've seen the movie and parts of this movie, when he comes back toward the end, you know, we see him mostly in fa- flashbacks. And when he comes back into the uh into our regularly scheduled world in the end every time i think he's a freaking ghost like he's not really there because <laughs> it's just too coincidental that, is, that, that she's skating at some thing to uh, believe yes. <laughs> well she's skating at some random ice rink and all of a sudden her dad shows up it's like they drop what? some bullshit line they're like how'd you know i was gonna be in the here and then he's like oh, you're, i called your mother or something and i guess you maybe live we... here of course you're here yeah of course you're here you don't even a, own ice skates but where, where else would you be i, I know it. there was a drop line but that was you know and and until that line i'm still thinking he's a ghost so there's that um the you know the cast of characters that are around are so just awful terrible reprehensible people um and with the exception of her attorney and it's hard to discount that, I guess. I mean, I would think that people that are professional gamblers, or not, maybe they're not professional, but they have these really high-stake games, um, are probably assholes. So I don't think that that's probably far from the truth. But it just—it's hard to sit and watch that over and over again, especially when she becomes when she is always the, um, you know, the fall guy for everything that goes on. Um, I like Jessica. Uh, Chastain as this character I think she does a good job um, but she's got really good material to work with um, I, I think whenever I see this movie who would I like to see in her stead and I can't think of anybody um, in particular but I think that she the only problem I have with her performance in it is she is a little bit removed from you know when you say she's cool as a cu- cucumber or whatever Nicole you were saying about her being you know never mm-hmm. losing her cool uh, there's a difference between never losing your cool and just playing sort of not affected by things and that's how she comes across sort of is is not affected by things um so i don't know whether that's the performance or whether that's actually how this this woman's you know that i mean i can see where a woman would be or a person would be very like that after growing up in this manner um and then not to cut you off but i was reading one article about this movie after i after we watched it and it was giving dialogue of the movie versus dialogue of the book and Mm. um there was one part where she's in the car and gets that phone call from player x that says haha you're so fucked and it was more than that in the book in the book she's trembling crying because she's scared and yeah. there's more there's more back and forth between them it's not just that one line and you know Jessica Chastain didn't have that chance or didn't want to perhaps show that emotion that's actually in the book so right. i can definitely see where you're coming from with that that the emotion can get lost because they're not really showing everything that is driving how this woman acts right we just don't we don't ever really it's not even just losing her cool i think you're right we don't ever really see her 
react in any mm-hmm. way. Even when she gets the shit beat out of her by the Italian mobbed guy, um, it's just all very okay. Well, that that happened matter of factly, mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff. Um, I I feel like at some point in the movie we should have seen a break, and we didn't get that. Um, I think the break is the park the park bench ghost scene that you think didn't really happen or whatever you think. <laughs> and then right and then right after that she goes back and and she has the the the, the little mini screaming match with her lawyer. I think that that's that's the the these I, I was holding my tongue, but these characters are like and if you look at the the pastor thing Sorkin wrote Social Network Moneyball Steve Jobs yeah. all of the characters are cold like very calculated they have like maybe one or two at the end scenes where they show a little bit, they shed a tear maybe, or like break, like crack a little, but they are, um, they're, they're machines. They just keep their, their, it's, it, it makes me think of these people who are at the, the top of this society as beyond human. Like they're just like mechanical creatures that just have to keep going. I, I like watching them, uh, spar. I don't think you have to shed a tear, though, for there to be like an emotional thing. I'm thinking to Social Network and the, you know, the Jesse Eisenberg character. He ran the gamut of emotion without 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 crying at any point. But you knew when he was pissed, but he didn't come off as he wasn't throwing things. He wasn't doing this. You knew when he was uh, when he when when somebody was when he felt like somebody was demeaning him and um, I don't know, it just isn't, it, it was a lot. I feel like I, it didn't detract from the movie that much for me. Um, but I did want some of that at some point. I wanted it to be, you know, I, all I could think of is er, at every turn, I would just be like, no, are you, you know, no, are you kidding me? More of this? I don't know. Um, having, having said that, I like, her i like the character um i was surprised the first time i watched it that how much i liked um not liked but i enjoyed player x i enjoyed his michael sarah's portrayal of him because i think that was a very different character than i'm used to seeing him play you know at first i was like oh is he is he gonna turn and then when he kind of turns toward the end you're just like yeah thank god because i didn't want him to be like oh oh okay you know scott pilgrimy <laughs> no or... he's not that he's not the prototypical beginning of the career michael Sarah that people knew well not just that i mean we saw him on broadway too and he's still the character he played there was still that same kind of like just walking through my life um he is yeah i know i know what you mean yeah um so, so I'm gonna go ahead. All the all the other little characters were fine. Chris O'Dowd, I I love I love watching him, and and his character was really fun and interesting to watch, and and so. her interaction and or disdain for him was might might have been the most emotion that she had throughout the whole thing. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give the characters four. I uh, I uh, super high on our on our main character. She's like I, I I don't have a list. I don't know how I don't have a list. But if I did of uh, top female female lead protagonist, she's she ranks very high up there. I would. She's on how do you list. not have a list? That's impossible. You have I know, to have a spreadsheet I, somewhere. I, know. I, I mean, I have I rank everything, and now I'll get working on that. She's fantastic. I am with her th- this whole time. So and she's uh, you know she's exceptionally flawed too. She's capable and flawed. Uh, and these, these, her and, uh, her lawyer, uh, who I think is criminal, neither of them got Oscar noms. I know it sounds like Jessica Chastain is, uh, is, um, I don't know if at least Mama K is high on her, but, uh, 
I, I looked at the people who are nominated and won for this year, and I'm just like, oh, they they both should have been nominated. Idris Elba especially should have been nominated. The, the supporting actors. Uh, his here, accent though was hard to. He was really flaty <laughs> in his accent. So I just disagree. I, these are very aspirational characters. Like I like these are like the kind of people I wish I <laughs> could be. Like I wish I had their their just Ew. relentless disgusting drive um they're, they're very fun to watch and i love the pattern between the two of them and then i love yeah all of our different horrible gamble all the different types of horrible gamblers we've already talked about uh, the drunk and uh, and player x and um bad brad and then harlan we haven't talked about i like him the guy who you know he's like a real oh he's like an old school kind of poker his player. downfall is oh. so soul crushing <laughs> his downfall Bill. though is her downfall i mean she she's a gambler you don't really see that through the movie that she's again but she's a gambler too and her she follows his path like oh. to the to a t I know, her downfall they it, it's yeah it, you see and she she's always hearkening back to him and that other guy who uh hung himself in uh in florida like oh, right. she, th- this all weighs very heavy on her and it, it, i love her uncompromising like idris elba has that one super long speech when he's with the other the two uh yeah prosecutors and he's just that like that is really good do, you gotta do like do it's a do the right thing speech and it's so freaking good and her it's her really small good. little reactions to him as he's defending her because he was so skeptical the first time they met too thinking she was just the tabloid headlines and that's the stuff like the more i watch it the more i get it like the more i feel them like because the first time it's an Aaron Sorkin thing, so he writes so fast. I bet this is a 300-page script, and like he just <laughs> writes and writes and writes and writes, and people just keep spewing and talking. But it all it all works so well, and it's all so thought out. And it, like I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't change much of it. Um, but let's talk about these. Uh, the okay, so Player X. He is based on a, a amalgamation of a couple of fairly big Hollywood actors, uh, even still today. Uh, primarily, he is based on Tobey Maguire, the guy who played Spider-Man, uh, and as well as mm-hmm. other things. Uh, he also has uh, some dashes and hints of Leonardo DiCaprio and Ben Affleck, uh, and I'm assuming, Nicole, those are the names you read for Player X. Yeah, although I did not read Player X as being Leonardo DiCaprio. He was a side character Yeah, he's a it. different character. Yeah. Oh, so who... So I, I only Player know X about Player is X. Toby Maguire solely, if I am not mistaken. And then okay. there's also some sprinklings of other characters of Leonardo DiCaprio, Ben Affleck, Alex Rodriguez, mm, and okay. um, a couple other um, large bank owners and things like that. But those are the main like actors or f- celebrity figures. Were they specific people or just kind of like things that they um, said Alex, or did are mixed in? Alex there? Rodriguez was n- normally not a player. He would just sit on the sidelines and kind of watch and just get enjoyment out of watching everyone. Hmm. Um, I know Ben Affleck was an avid player. And I was reading this one thing is so funny. There's a guy. Oh, you know who else? Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. They also hmm. used to play. Um, huh. And they would bring hmm. along this this millionaire guy and i can't think of his name right now i don't have it in front of me but he used to talk to ben affleck about jennifer lopez and ben affleck would get so pissed off he wouldn't say a word (laughs) he would just make a one-word comment about her butt and then 
uh he would leave it at that for the rest of the night um so it's funny that alex rodriguez was there too because i don't right. know what the love triangle was <laughs> going on at the time but um mm-hmm. yeah it was just a giant like mash of all these people so yeah you get you know all these real life people and then obviously and these are the celebrities like you said there are bank owners there there's you know ceos billionaires of large things you know later there are mafia figures like this is this runs the gambit of any any wealthy person who wants to gamble has probably graced the table at some point in you know la for eight years she oh macaulay culkin that i buy that yep Um, i can see that so yeah and then who have i not mentioned uh i guess really just the father who uh it, I didn't. I, I. It's not my favorite parts. The flashbacks. Uh, I, it helps to round out her character. Um, but I've loved the park bench scene a lot. I always get teared up <laughs> at it uh, when he at the end is. What? I know. Here's your. Here's. I knew you were gonna say that. I. I. I can't get through it without tearing up. I, I, I was close oh. this time. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm gonna be okay. And then I forget at the very end of the speech. He says that he read that. Uh, that's how he found out she, he got uh, she got beat up by that uh, mobster guy. And she had to read it, and I'm just putting myself in that shoes of you have to read that your daughter got beat up by this mob guy, and he's like he's gonna suffer. He's just I gotta make him suffer. And she's like, Dad, I'm I'm okay, it's fine. And then like that's oh, I'm almost getting I'm feeling it right now. It's so good. Yeah, but he's I, such a dick. If that's what if he had to read, he does he knows nothing about her life, like zero about her life at this point. They and also, right I'm there. still feel, through that whole. It. Through that whole thing, I'm still trying to figure out if it's a dream or not. So, anyway. Anyway. I really like that part <laughs> I always get teared up at it. So, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if I gave it a 4 or 5 at the beginning, but I've talked myself into a 5. I don't, I don't want to change anything about these characters. I love, I love the characters in this movie a lot, especially our leads, our two leads. So, uh, visual and sound, back to you, Mama K. What do you think of it? It's visually pleasing. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm so wrapped up in the story of this movie that I'm not really paying a whole lot of attention to what's what's going on. I mean, it has to it it must do a good job because I'm not you know, there's nothing I'm really picking out. Um, There are a couple of scenes where I think about how it was filmed and it was very it was her getting beat up by the mafia guy was really visceral and how they sort of showed the passage of time you know when she's unconscious uh i i enjoyed how he he did that i thought that was really super effective i also like you know i'm just thinking of the when when she you know acknowledges that it's her doorman or the guy at the front desk that totally sold her out to the mafia and then she just like you know gives him a tip she's like i guess i didn't Mm -hmm. tip you enough basically not to have the shit beat out of me and put a gun in my mouth so um the way the way that it's funny to watch it if you know, it's funny to watch it and think that this was actually happening. It just seems so like out there and so surreal. It's not any world that I would ever, you know, think about, I guess. Um, but I, it was effective for me. The I don't know, sound, nothing really. I, I mean, I can think the, when I think of sound for this movie, I think of a lot of it's really kind of quiet. It's a quiet movie when you would think that people would be kind of more raucous, um, especially in the ga- in the gambling scenes. Um, it's effective when they're doing all any of the sporting stuff when she's doing skiing, even when she's ice skating there at the end in the dream mm-hmm. sequence. Um, that not, not, she... <laughs> not a dream sequence. I'm just going to say it right now. But okay, yes. <laughs> to make it clear she's... where the reality is she's skating so fast on that public ice rink and I can hear her skates and I am just, 
all I can see is she's going to shred some fingers. I mean, there's, there's going to be a disaster, you know, uh, it's avoided, but it just, it's so, um, everything in that scene works together from, you know, the sound mixing and, and, and the visuals for that too. Yeah. I don't know that that's the, you know, it's the storytelling, it's the story and the characters that make this movie. So the the rest of it's okay. It's a three for me. What do you think, Nicole? Um, I'm really enjoying the voiceovers in this. Um, mm-hmm. I love her storytelling. That's and a good I think point. That it, yeah. I think it works really well to have her, just voicing over and us watching it kind of in real time, if you want to say, you know, because it's so, the whole movie is so fast paced and it's so quick moving and it puts you in the zone of like, this is what she's dealing with on a daily basis. She's, you know, dealing with all these people and hands in the pot and money transfers and cards and coins and this, that, the other thing. And it's so overwhelming. Could you imagine that being your everyday life? Because I can't. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that they do just a great job of just getting us into the zone of being so fast paced and overwhelming and you can't catch your breath and someone comes in and they beat you up in your own house and you're on drugs and this, that, da, 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 da. And I'm like that. I just think it's so overwhelming in a good way that um that's what i think is the best part of the visuals of this is just that we can't focus on one thing it's so much so i'll just leave it at that i think that's the most important thing to me um i'll give it a a three and a half i uh so i like that you mentioned the um like the quickness of it all and i i i I love that one scene the uh getting when she gets attacked by that that guy and he's it's such a good like he's the way he's whisper talking and um all like the it feels like uh when you're kind of waking up from a dream and then you're falling back asleep and waking back up and falling back asleep it kind of just feels it gives you that feeling or um and then but there's other things that are like not montages but just really quick editing that all goes together and you know it starts right off the bat with the ski thing uh you know showing everything getting set up while she's doing her voiceover nicole i agree with you i love her voiceover this whole time like it's Mm -hmm. like it's it's written really well i don't know if it's from her book or if it's something he adapted aaron sorkin adapted seems like a lot of the dialogue is is loosely based on the book a lot of things are shortened dialogue from the book so i think that it's pretty true to it it's it's snappy like anything he would write so yeah i mean i I, i'm sure i'm sure it's a bit like it's her words and then he punches it up with all kinds of his little his little sayings and and phrases and stuff um but ever like and the sound it's not a music thing that i really like about this because like there's some music towards the end it's kind of more generic uplifting shit i would hear like a danny boyle movie so i'm not super about that um but (laughs) the sound effects and like the sound editing of the chips of the ice clinking and glasses of of like the skating like all of the little sound effects are so crisp and they cut and things just like boom 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 move move and then you get to you know a somewhat long scene of two people talking in a room but it's just so engaging and i think it's probably the writing and the the, the good characters that's doing it so uh i do think the ending has a bit of it it falls a little flat compared to the rest because i think the bar is so high and you know it's based on a true story what how else i think it's a good choice what they do but i don't yeah i don't really know how to end this story well uh satisfyingly i guess but um i'm at like a four for the uh for the visual sound i, th- I think it's 
really engaging for the type of movie it is. Um, and this, and you know, we, we let's talk about this ending then. Um, so it's we're back in like present day. We're all caught up with all of the all of the various thing. I can't even like describe how many different <laughs> strings and things uh, get attached here. But she is uh, at trial uh, to see if she's going to have to go to prison or if she's going to get some fine or basically what's her sentencing going to be for the crime she has committed. And, uh, she won't take the deal. We've already established that she won't take the deal to name a bunch of names because she doesn't want to, well, what one, she doesn't want to ruin a bunch of families' lives, you know, uh, she said wives, children, like lives, all types of lives will be ruined. She can't be, she doesn't want to, she can't handle that burden on her shoulders. She doesn't want her name tarnished any further than in how it is. Uh, she read the crucible finally. Uh, so they negotiate a deal <laughs> where she only has to give 200 hours of community service, a year probation and a $200,000 fine. Uh, so that's what the judge decides at the end there. Uh, and then we end the movie with a family dinner. Like we finally get to see her brothers. So we don't really see them throughout the whole movie. Um, with uh, her whole family and the lawyer. And then the ending is actually the beginning. Like the, what we last thing we see is the beginning where she had, you know, she fell at the ski quarter uh, qualifying round and um, she gets up and, and we see the little twig. What'd you call it? An, a, a, a bow. Pine bow. Pine bow. That's our last shot is the pine bow. So that's and with her final voiceover. So that's the ending of this movie. Uh, back to you, Nicole. What do you think of the resonance and feel? I think I've already said enough of, you know, how I feel about this. I really like it. I think that it's a really good biopic for someone that, you know, we've said this before with like Richard Jewell when we did that one. Like these are stories mm-hmm. that we don't haven't really heard of before. And you know, for someone to give somebody the time of day to create a, a movie like this, it's just really interesting that you hear, yeah, you never hear stories like this. I haven't, so I don't know. I can't speak for others, but I thought it was just really well executed. It was very fun to watch, and it's fast paced and it's sweaty palm uh, type of movie, which I like. Uh, you never feel bored. You never feel like it's too long because I feel like this. Will, that like there's so much that we can go over about this girl's life and all these different cogs in the story. Um, that there's probably so much that they left out of this. How can you pick? You know. Mm-hmm. But I I'm gonna give it a four. I I would watch this again in a heartbeat because I think that it's you just pick up things as you watch it again and. You know, just really interesting to think that this happened with celebrities and they all got away with it and they're still celebrities and, you know, people stealing from other people and they're involved in mobs and mafias and whatnot. And it just doesn't even matter. So, I, you know, <laughs> interesting what people can get away with. When you got connections, you know. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, this movie um, for me has a really high resonance and feel, and I think because um, of how of how quick paced it is. I haven't really talked about that, but it's because you know West Wing was one of the first of its time. Now almost everything you watch has this sort of you know quick banter, and every everything is so um, it's tight, but it's so good. Like you, you, the it's the cream of the crop. You're not like sifting through a an 80s sitcom which is just terrible you're watching the office which everything is back and forth back and forth you're what you know everything is really snappy and quick and i think aaron sorkin sort of was one of the first people to do that with the west wing the west wing was just smart and engaging and uh, the characters are flawed and 
he's not afraid to show you that he's a little afraid to show you her flaws in this movie um i think but Eh. that's okay but i'm okay with that i mean you know what her flaws are you don't have to you know you can tell what they are but it's such a fun ride and it's so it's a it's a complete roller coaster and you're on the edge of your seat but i'm i'm always on the ed- more on the edge of my seat when it's quiet that's when i'm nervous in this movie i'm i'm not every other time i'm on the I might be on the edge of my seat cuz it's exciting but i even get more like i can't even watch the scene where she gets beat up i have to i have to look away i can't watch it it's too much for me and because it is so quiet and the way the guy does it is just so quiet mm-hmm. oh, the, um the whisk the creepy whispering he does when like the way he does it it's so like molesty like it's it's ter- it's horrible like it's, in a yeah, great way you don't, like hor- yeah the first time you really don't know where this is gonna go like you don't know how far he's gonna go what's gonna happen the movie's not over so you, you're pretty sure she's not gonna kill get killed but you have no idea like how far he's gonna go with this so it's the quiet pieces, which is interesting because he is, a, a, I can only imagine like if you sat in a room with him, you would be exhausted in 20 minutes because he just seems so like his brain is firing on a hundred million different, you know, synapses at a time. But I like watching it because of that, that because it's really fast paced. It's an intriguing look in, like I said before, into an area I would have no idea exists. I mean, private, you know, private poker games are something that you guys did as like kids basically not kids but yeah kind of kids um <laughs> and it wasn't anything like this i imagine uh i don't think uh, so um not quite close <laughs> it's a little different um yeah so i have i have a really high resonance and feel for this movie i it's i'm gonna give it a four and a half uh yeah i uh i really like this quite a bit um I'd have to look back at my movies 2017, but it could be my favorite movie of 2017. I don't remember off the top of my head what uh, what was what else was in that year. Um, I was looking at the Oscar list. And I'm like, oh, I definitely like this more than all that. Yeah, uh, who won who won the Oscar that year for actress? Actress was Frances McDormand for Three Billboards, which I liked that movie, and she was really good. Okay, that's that's good. Yeah, I wouldn't take it away yeah. from her. But also nominated Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water, eh. Margot Robbie, uh, I Tanya, Saoirse eh. Ronan, Lady Bird, eh. Meryl Streep, The Post. Uh. Yeah, so I would put her above all of those except for Francis Dorman, personally. But anyway, uh, same for supporting actor. Sam Rockwell won, but then a bunch of other people won that, you know, some were good. But Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World, really? Anyone even remember that movie? Um, Nobody this was it. this This was only nominated for screenplay, so it at least it got some recognition. But yeah, no director, no best picture. Um, but it's... Oh, it's it's so good. It's a it's a better every time I watch a movie. I'm always intimidated to watch it because I'm like, oh, it's right, it's two and a half hours. It's the least two and a half hour feeling movie. That's two and a half hours. It does not feel that long. It moves like a, a movie that's what an hour an hour forty. Like it's it's it's. I'm never bored. I don't think I even check my phone in this. Um, yeah, it was. It's it's great every time I watch it. Maybe even better yeah. every time. So I think this is a solid go. Yeah, I'm gonna solid sink it. I think I, I was like I was teetering. I'm like, yeah, I'm like yeah, no, this is like I gotta look at my list. But this is a top 100 movie. Like it's it's a solid sink. I really I love this movie. I'm very glad we did it. I think Mama K. We've we've always been talking about doing this because Jess isn't on the show. Yeah. But she also loves this movie. So I think uh, you know we're at the end here. I know she would recommend it. I think it's pretty obvious about what all of us will say. I'll start with you, Mama K. You're recommending Molly's Game. I'm gonna recommend Molly's Game, and then it makes me want to learn to play poker better. <laughs> 
she learn about everything. She's uh, 12, 12 credits away from a degree in astrology. Center of the universe. Smells like rum and raspberries. <laughs> what? She has to drop li- uh, a line there. Anyway, uh, Nicole, are you recommending uh, Molly's game? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> astrology? Are you sure? Because that's astronomy? not a real degree. No, astronomy. Astronomy? astronomy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> astrology, I'm 12 credits away from that, too. I mean, anybody who reads the Daily <laughs> Horoscope. <laughs> I couldn't remember yeah. which one it was. I had them both in my head in, in, in the chamber. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I, 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 sh- I shot the wrong one. That's fine. Uh, Nicole, you're recommending it? Uh, yeah, I am. And I'm also uh, going to read the book. Oh, no, that part, though. Remember, she said, she said that, no, we don't read here. Remember, Jess would be very disappointed in you. Well, uh, you know, sometimes you read. Don't tell her. <laughs> yeah, she, she, doesn't doesn't, she doesn't listen. She doesn't listen. I see the downlines. She doesn't listen. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to recommend Molly's Game. It's uh, three recommends plus, I guess, a, a shadow recommend from Jess because I know she really likes this movie too. So uh, very, yeah. very solid film. Glad we did this one. So yeah, on Netflix if you want to revisit it uh, or see it for the first time. And it doesn't even matter because it's spoiled because you know what's going to happen from the beginning because it's all kind of told in flashback. But it's a really good ride. Uh, so that is Molly's game, and coming up, we have no theater reviews yet, though some good news has come out. I believe AMC uh, is planning to start opening in July. Uh, I don't know uh, the restrictions yet, like how many people will be allowed in, but uh, I believe that's countrywide. There's certain states where there already are theaters opened, uh, certain ones, so uh, AMC is the big theater chain. I'm sure the other ones are working out a plan right now, so... We are tentatively hoping to get back in the theaters for July. Until then, we got a couple weeks left of nothing but streaming. So to recommend things to us, it is on Facebook, Films with the Women in My Life. It can be on Twitter at Films Women Pod. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host. Or you can email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. And our Marvel miniseries just wrapped up on Saturday. So if you want to hear those, we have all 23 of those, 10 to 15 20 minute episodes out there where nicole and i drove uh revisited well i revisited her for the first time visiting the mcu uh and i think i think that's pretty much all the housekeeping for now uh thank you guys for being on from always game yeah yeah you're welcome Till next time this is brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies thanks for listening to films with the women in my life If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.